Good morning, afternoon, or evening, everybody, and thanks for joining us for today's discussions. I have John Curry and Rebecca Huber with IBM Consulting here with me today. Thank you guys both for being here. John's IBM partner and worldwide practice leader for mainframe application modernization, and Rebecca is CTO of application modernization for IBM Consulting, DAH. Rebecca, besides being a fellow Clemson alumnus, can you expand a little bit about your background and role at IBM Consulting? Um, yes, right now I have the, uh, the role of CTO for application modernization, as you just said. Uh, that basically means that um, I help clients uh, modernize their applications, be that on the mainframe, be that also on the cloud. Uh, that's I've done as well. I've done a lot of cloud migrations over the years, but um, when I first started at IBM, I started off as a mainframe developer, and I worked for many years for clients here in Europe as a mainframe developer, and then I moved on to other cloud type things. So um, that's that's what I do at IBM for the German-speaking part of Europe. Cool. Thanks. John, tell us about yourself. Uh, I've been at IBM for 20-plus years, uh, a lot of different experiences. Uh, most recently, um, I was in the IBM technology group uh, with a focus on um, IBM Z or mainframe. I uh, was in that role for about four years. Um, prior to that, I was in the IBM cloud organization for about five years. So I have a lot of both, you know, distributed and in cloud experience as well as IBM Z experience. And I moved over into the consulting group about a year ago with, uh, you know, focus on mainframe application modernization, which I feel like is a good combination bringing together, you know, kind of that hybrid cloud strategy of, of, of cloud with Z and, and merging the technology. So, um, yeah, uh, it's been a wonderful experience so far and, uh, have the opportunity to work with partners like you guys. So. Well, thank you both again for being here. It really is an honor. Uh, it's great to have your experience and, and insight. Um, I'd like to start the conversation today with a little bit of context around how Advance and IBM Consulting work together. Um, our partnership spans quite a few years and quite a few uh, project successes as well. I think that this fact sometimes surprises folks since Advanced Application Modernization Division focuses a lot of our energy on ZOS and the mainframe. But the reality is that modernization looks different for each client. I think we're going to talk a lot about that today. Uh, and with our technology focus revolving around natural Atabas, CHN, IDMS, and COBOL, we tend to act as a module of larger transformation initiatives being led by IBM Consulting. Um, John, can you help paint a picture of how our partnership works from your perspective? Sure. I think, you know, when, when IBM and IBM Consulting looks at their partner ecosystem, both in identifying, leveraging, and then, you know, and then uh, embarking on projects together, there's a lot of factors involved in that. And I think one thing that we've tried to do over recent um, quarters is, is really refine that list, uh, you know, focus with each partner with their core competency. Uh, and really, you know, drive the opportunity base and, you know, and then obviously work through, uh, you know, the actual engagements, uh, you know, with the partners that have the greatest skill and, you know, reputation, reliability, and obviously the track record you mentioned. So I think from, from our perspective, you know, we've really looked, looked at that, looked at it from that lens. And also when you look at it globally, right, uh, there's a lot of nuance, uh, region to region globally. So then it's, you know, which, which partners play in which regions and in, in how do we leverage them and, you know, in, in, in each of those regions, because we have different, different needs in, in each region. So 
from a from an advanced IBM perspective, I think you know that long track record, you know the experience, the trust, um, you know, and, and then being able to leverage our experiences together, both as as references uh, as well as you know um, you know just what went well, what didn't go well, and then also again looking forward to that refinement. And when you're speaking about you know Z and, and mainframe specifically. You know, one of the key challenges is skills, right? And the, um, you know, and, and being able to transform the platform so that, you know, aging skills, you know, or, or, or skills that are harder to find are, are less dependent, you know, we're putting less dependency on those going forward. So that's another element to it as well. And, and I mean, we really do have a long track record. We've done uh, IDMS migrations for the U.S. Postal Service, transformation for some of the largest financial institutions in the world. Um, and, and, and it's been over quite a period of time. It's interesting, you know, you get to know, teams get to know one another, uh, over the years on the battlefield, so to speak. And, and throughout that history, um, we've seen our clients' behavior and preferences change quite a bit, um, from Y2K to a rise in cloud adoption around the onset of the pandemic. Uh, it does seem, at least from from the broader perspective, as though the dust from that great COVID migration has settled a little bit, which appears to have had an influence on how companies view their modernization strategies. Um, John, can you talk a little bit about some of the trends that you're seeing at IBM Consulting in this regard? Sure. So to kind of comment on what you said about the pandemic, right, I think, you know, during that time, people you know, had very limited access to a lot of things. Uh, and, you know, through that was born a lot of um, online capability, uh, maybe even fast path to the point of, you know, some shortcuts. And not to say that if there's anything wrong with that, right? At the end of the day, you, you do what you need to do in those kind of desperate times. But, you know, maybe at the at the, at the uh, expense of, of, of uh, excessive risk or compliance or other things. And I think, you know, kind of circling back to some of those decisions and to some of those implementations to figure out, you know, what was appropriate and what wasn't is, is, is important. And I think, you know, a lot of institutions are doing that. But, you know, kind of moving forward from that, um, you know, there's the, the traditional challenges that, that, you know, I think a lot of clients are facing with respect to, you know, cost pressures, um, you know, and, and I think from that also, a lot of clients are at, at a crossroads. Because of the fact that low hanging fruit, you know, the, the lift and shift type things, you know, have kind of been done. So now it's like, okay, the easy work was done. Now, now where are we and where do we want to go? And I think when you're at that crossroads, it's, it's, it's harder to kind of see, see a path forward because now you're needing an overall strategy and you're needing a program to implement over multiple years. Uh, another challenge that comes into that, I mentioned cost pressure already, but then you know, who has the stomach or who has the budget to do those long-term and embark on those long-term projects. So it's, it's figuring out how to set a strategy, but then also break it up into manageable parts that can show return on investment that can justify the spend, you know, and that, that, you know, are, are steps that lead you to an ultimate result as opposed to, you know, maybe bifurcate and then cause you to have different challenges because now you're, you're not, you're not moving everything forward in, in, in one, one, uh, you know, logical path. Sense. And, and it is interesting how that sort of increase in difficulty as time goes on really is an absolute. Um, Rebecca, how, how are you seeing things across the pond? Um, well, at the beginning, I think that a lot of people thought it was um, a bit maybe um, easier to move things off the mainframe than they thought it 
was um, going that's actually turned out to be. So we're beginning to see actually people beginning to reevaluate the value of the mainframe for me and how can I leverage investments that I've made in, in software because that's what it's been. It's not just legacy software. It's software that somebody has developed. It's software that's performed for years in, years out, doing a lot of the most significant transactions worldwide. And so it's not uh, something that you can easily simply move pieces of it somewhere else. It has to be a very well-considered thing. So, therefore, we're seeing things where maybe even if you do want to move off the mainframe, you're still going to want to have a period of time where you still would need to access things on the mainframe or maybe you realize it should maybe pieces should stay on the mainframe. So we're seeing more things around API enablement, uh, accessing the data on the mainframe, uh, maybe consolidating things, harmonizing things on the mainframe, optimizing what you've got. Um, and the other thing is um, maybe uh, even skilling up, uh, creating like a kind of a, uh, academy, if you will, on, on the mainframe. We see a lot of younger people that, I mean, it, it, it's not that you have to be old in order to learn these technologies. You just have to have the appetite for it. And, um, and we're beginning to see young people who are actually doing that. Yeah, and as you mentioned, it, it really isn't a clear-cut thing, um, and and I think there were a lot of a lot of lessons learned in in the in the difficult process that was. Um, it does seem as though there is a bit of a clearer understanding of the delineation between uh, what cloud appropriate and mainframe optimized workloads look like, and it seems as though that's continuing to emerge and mature. Um, John, are you are you seeing this on your side, and and can you expand a little bit about um, about what that looks like? Yeah, sure. So it's funny because I, I think that one challenge that that a lot of uh, a lot of us face, in, either as a you know an, an an owner within an enterprise or as a consultant, is there really isn't any absolutes, right? There's no exact right answer and there's no exact wrong answer. I think ultimately there's, there's different paths to move forward and, and depending on what your ultimate objectives are, you know, you, that, that path will ultimately find itself. That said, you know, you mentioned certain things that are appropriate on the mainframe, obviously core, core transactions and, and maintaining of core data, you know, is something that the mainframe does very well. And, you know, when you look at financial institutions and, 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 and other, you know, uh, huge systems of record, you know, that's an environment that, you know, the mainframe was built for and continues to, to, to drive forward. And so, you know, that, that's an environment that I don't think will ever move off the mainframe. But again, you know, depending on the client and their ultimate motivation, you know, they can, they can choose to do what they want. I think, again, kind of using that, that, um, you know, that, that, that financial institution, um, example, you know, uh, you know, traditional bank, right? You have your kind of digital front end, right? Where you do your mobile banking you know, partner payments, online banking, things like that. Um, you know, that front end stuff obviously is, is, is where you're meeting your customers and that's really the, you know, that, 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 that cloud element. And then you kind of have the middle stuff, right? The operational processing, you know, services, order fulfillment, things like that. And, and that's where I think you can probably look at that as your best area to optimize. You know, what, uh, what, what makes sense to stay on the mainframe or what makes sense to stay close to the data in that core transaction? Uh, from a latency standpoint, and then what makes sense to maybe move off either from an efficiency, from a MIPS reduction, from a, you know, um, you know, an optimization standpoint. And I, and I think that, 
you know, that's kind of that breakdown that I talked about in terms of looking at a program at, you know, breaking it into pieces and then figuring out what's right for each of the pieces. So Rebecca, what are your thoughts on this? Um, just adding on to what uh, John has said, yes, we want clients to be able to have a choice, uh, you know, where to run whatever the workload is, where it's most appropriate based on all the factors that you mentioned before. But even if the decision is, yes, I want to get off the mainframe or um, if maybe one recognizes the value of the mainframe for the workload you've got, you're going to need a hybrid solution. So we tend to refer to it as hybrid cloud uh, because even in the interim, you're still going to it take some time to do a lot of these transformations where you'll have the, um, yeah, where you're maybe potentially moving to or if you're extending uh, things on the hybrid cloud, you're still going to need this mixture of both worlds. And, you know, what we're seeing is people are recognizing the set is not an old platform. It's got a lot to offer in the way of integration. And so you can uh, run a lot of the workload on the set or even integrate with it. And that provides a good option so that you've got a path forward um, and it, it, it's a way of doing it gradually. It, and it's a great point that you raise. You know, we we both work with with the hyperscalers pretty regularly and and cloud and hybrid environments. Uh, in fact, we worked together to migrate some of Suncor Energy's workloads to Azure a while back. Um, given your unique role in the space, um, John, can you talk a little bit about how you approach design and consumption planning in circumstances where migration of workloads to the cloud is, is involved? Yeah, sure. And, and first off, before we get to the design and consumption planning, I think you know, just really grounding uh, a client in their motivation, right? I think that's important. Uh, and that's for any workload in, in, in for whatever, you know, optimization or modernization of, uh, effort you're looking to embark in, you know, what are they ultimately looking to get out of it, right? Is it a cost reduction? Is it a MIPS reduction? Is it a, uh, you know, better integration with other platforms? Is it is it, you know, driving more value out of the platform from the standpoint of, integrating AI or, or some sort of data analytics. So from that standpoint, because ultimately if you don't satisfy the business need, you're not going to hit the mark with whatever, uh, you know, effort you, you, you choose to take. So from that standpoint, I think really it's, it's leveraging, you know, our tool base and our knowledge to really understand the uh, interdependencies of the application to understand, you know, its mode of operation and its, its current state. But then there's still probably, you know, some some hurdles as you look to migrate, right? Because are you going to need to run an emulator? Are you going to need to do other things to ultimately optimize that that uh, workload when it hits its its uh, you know its its final state? And so I think you know there's a lot that goes into that, and you know those are the key things that you know leveraging our skill set, our experience, you know similar projects you know, help us to define and, and, and give us the, the tooling and the, you know, kind of uh, baselines to establish those kinds of um, uh, end results. Definitely. Um, and, and, you know, it's interesting because especially as the, the sort of the nuance of the, the design of the target has evolved in, in recent years and months, a lot of folks who are considering modernization initiatives look to alliances like ours um, to elucidate best practices that will reduce the risk and potential pain of their journey. Um, we we know from the survey that inspired our modernization report that 
modernization expertise and risk reduction are positively correlated, um, at least in, in the survey respondents that we spoke to. In other words, the likelihood of failure rises substantially with project teams who are new to modernization, regardless of the target. Um, and, and so thus, from, from our perspective, a key best practice is to ensure that there's appropriate modernization expertise involved at every stage of a project, especially in the planning and assessment phases. Rebecca, can you talk about a best practice or two that emerged from your perspective? Well, I think um, the one thing is, yes, um, you need this this sort of special unicorn type person probably that knows everything, but those people don't normally exist. There's very few. Um, so therefore, you need a team of experts, in my opinion. You need the people who understand the old world enough that they can even uh, tease out some of the more subtle uh things that may be occurring in the source code or in the particular technology that you're trying to migrate from or to modernize or to optimize. There's, there's many different flavors uh, that you might choose to modernize something. So you need those people on the team. But more importantly, you need somebody who also understands the target. Uh, what is it that I what would be an appropriate target? Um, can I really reach the objectives that the client is trying to reach? Because there's a lot of people that will tell you, oh, it's going to be much better because I, I'm going to move it to cloud. But if you really dive deeper, they haven't really done all of the, um, let's just say, the considerations that you need to regarding cost, regarding what sort of risks there might be from um, from moving the workload apart. Uh, or even even re-implementing it, you might not even have uh, the ability to truly test it with a reasonable amount of effort. So you, all of these things need to be considered. It needs to be considered by people that understand um, even the in-between world. The what we call the coexistence architecture is also a very important thing because typically these projects do not get done overnight. So you have a period of time where you need the target up and running and some 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 of the pieces are maybe already on the target but you still need to be able to get back into the old world and it might remain that way forever that you have this sort of hybrid world so you need people who understand target and you also enough of the old world and you have some experts from the old world so i think that's um that's why you really want to have the people who have done it before couldn't agree with you more. And, and I think especially from a project management and executive perspective, it it can be surprising for folks to experience the difference in uh, planning and execution that come alongside both the domain that you're working in as well as the target, like you mentioned before. And, and you know, I know we sound a bit like a broken record, but, you know, domain expertise and tooling capability is also incredibly relevant from a best practices arena based on exactly what you're looking at. So it isn't just the expertise, but the tools that they have um, at, at their, at their behest. You know, we always, we always liken it to piloting a fighter jet. You know, um, you can, anybody can get a fighter jet with enough money, but it takes a skilled pilot to really fly it to its capability. And the same thing goes uh, with a lot of this tooling. And I think those are related um, you know, for example, if you're moving, you know, IDMS to DB2 on mainframe like we did together with the USPS, you, you'd want to be sure as a client that you're working with trusted advisors who know their way around the technology, uh, as well as the tooling that have a track record to back it up. 
um, as an as as a partner as well as a a customer because as you mentioned before these are not short endeavors um, they're not painless endeavors it takes a great deal of of teamwork concentration and expertise to get it done the right way and it does very much depend on on the target um, with respect to some of the technology specific stuff uh, Rebecca can you comment a little bit on on your thoughts there um, do you think I'm in the right arena with that opinion? Well, yes, I think technology is important, but it's not the only thing. Uh, one of the things that I think that we we personally bring, personally, uh, IBM brings to the table as consulting, uh, is we have industry expertise. Because I think you're moving at the end of the day at applications which may probably be uh, core applications because, as John already mentioned, we've, a lot of the low-hanging fruit's already been done. Yeah. So now you're talking about looking and taking apart potentially um, – yeah, core business application. So you really need to understand what that means for that particular business. What does that mean for a bank? So you need to have people who understand the banking processes, uh, maybe even consider like um, things like, is it appropriate maybe to move it to a, a, a package? And for that, you really need to have the people who understand the, the banking. Uh, but you again, it's part of the little mosaic that you have of the team. Uh, you really need to have uh, the people who also understand the technology, and you need to have that all together uh, as one team. Uh, and the most important thing is also understanding what is it that the client's actually trying to achieve. Because if you're not careful and you're too much fascinated by technology, you might just miss the mark on what it is that the client actually had as an objective. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and I think in, in your position as IBM Consulting, when you're sort of piecing together what that, what that roadmap looks like, uh, and, and you're thinking of partners like Advanced, uh, sometimes there's a clear advantage to partnering with one shop over another. Um, so, you know, if, if the product of the pattern that you're looking to follow is substantially higher quality from one vendor versus another, or the team is, is substantially more experienced or some combination thereof, the decision is easy um, for that module of, of the journey, if you will. But of course, it's not always that clear cut. Uh, rarely is it that clear cut because that's just not how life works. Um, and, uh, you know, from our perspective, and, and I, you know, we agree on this throughout our, our time together as partners. It's a good idea to start with a pilot or POC for this very reason. Not all scopes of work are even in the same neighborhood of co coverage and not all solutions produce equivalent results within the context that they're placed. Um, you know, for example, we, we spend a great deal of, of our focus, uh, from a technology perspective in, in our sort of superpower areas, if you will. So companies who work with us to move away from CAGN are often surprised to find out that the way we handle the modernization process, um, on the technology level, by refactoring the encyclopedia rather than the generated COBOL makes a massive difference in everything that comes after that, from postmodernization support and maintenance uh, to the, the broader project um, within the scope of, of something that IBM Consulting may be helping with. And of course, one of our one of the advantages of our relationship with with you and the advantages of engaging with IBM Consulting as a partner is the holistic view with which you guys can bring to uh, the solutioning approach. And, and with that, John, can you 
describe a little bit about your strategic approach from the IBM consulting perspective when it comes to vendor selection for those modules for that journey um, and, and what a customer might expect that to look like? Well, I think it all starts with skills, right? First and foremost, um, you know, when we're embarking on an opportunity with a client, right, and trying to understand what they're looking to accomplish, there's skills that are going to align to whatever that uh, that project, uh, you know, in, entails. So that's first and foremost. I think from there, uh, track record, experience, um, you know, even just like with anything, right, when you put a team together, you know, how do those individuals work together to be more than individuals and, and, to, and to, to drive to, you know, that teaming effect? And I think experience um, is a lot is a big part of that. And then also being able to call on, you know, other projects or, you know, or other team members, right, depth of skill, not only in the people that are on the project, but, you know, others that you can call on and, you know, being able to leverage. And then then finally, you know, anybody can do a project that that goes smoothly. It's the projects that hit, hit bumps, you know, bumps in the road and most of them do. And then it's 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 how you handle those challenges. Right. Uh, who steps up to the plate? Who's willing to stand by their work? Who's willing to. Um, you know, uh, answer the hard questions and, you know, and, 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 and be there, you know, to face the client when, when things go, you know, go awry. And not to say that they will all the time, but I think, you know, that really is what not every project that fails fails, uh, you know, for anybody's reason, any, anybody's fault, right? Sometimes they, they just were projects that were challenging and then it's figuring out how to move forward and then ultimately deliver to the customer. And I think, you know, those are the types of partners we want to work with. And, and quite frankly, we've tried to really uh, refine our partner model, you know, like I've mentioned earlier, in that vein, right? We we, we want to work with the best and, and, and we want to have, you know, we want to see repeated success with the best. Definitely. And and I think that it's funny. You're exactly right. And and it it is interesting how when clients are sort of assessing, you know, what does it mean to modernize? What are, what do we want to do? What is our, what are our goals if we, as we've kind of discussed, um, the, the de-risking conversation is a huge part of it. Like what, what are we facing potential good versus potential bad? And where's the risk in that process? And we often get asked, as I'm sure you do, um, you know, what piece, what one piece of advice would you offer to, a first time modernization prospect, a team that's doing this for the first time, whether it's, you know, with with us together, with IBM Consulting, with Advanced or, or even by themselves. Um, Rebecca, you first, what what would your one piece of advice be? Um, I think you do need to have careful consideration of what it is that you actually want to change. What's what is the objective you're trying to reach? And I think you need to start off small. Uh, I think a lot of people think it's going to be a very trivial thing uh, to move things off. Uh, And I think you need to um, test those things and have a constant, let's just say, backlog to steal things from agile type practices uh, where you're constantly um, going and looking for the next opportunity. And if you take it in chunks, then you've got um, uh, a good way forward. Great advice. And, and teamwork really does make the dream work, as they say, when, when you have a, when you have good communication and a team that's working well together through that process, it, it, it really enhances the experience too. Uh, John, same question. What, what one piece of advice would you give to someone staring down the barrel of modernization for the first time? 
Um, I, I think the, in this 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 answer is is goes beyond modernization, goes to life. But you know, there's there's really no right answer, right? There's no black and white. And I think we live in a world with where everybody has an opinion, everybody has a perspective. Um, and I think looking at whatever challenge that you're being faced with, and in this case, in modernization, and in you know, in the scope of that. Uh, you know, break it into manageable pieces and then, you know, figure out what meets your objective the best, right? And and sometimes that's not 100%. So I think not having a perspective of it has to be this way, or it has to be this way, but really kind of being open to the possibility and really moving forward based on, you know, what your goals are, uh, you know, what your options are, and then what gets you the best result. And And again, we talked about, you know, risk aversion, we talked about cost, we talked about skill. Timing, you know, we didn't talk a lot about that, but in terms of, you know, uh, wh- what is your time frame and, and, and what are the patience of the business to, to, to kind of stand, stand in there, you know, while you're trying to accomplish some of these things. So I think, you know, just just be open to the possibility and, and, and don't have a preconceived notion that it's going to be this or it's going to be that. It's great advice. It really is, uh, as you said, in life as 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 in modernization, uh, <laughs> all thing all things that appear black and white do end up becoming gray, and it's really important to retain that perspective. I, I completely agree. Um, you know, I I know we are coming to the end of our time today, and and uh, and I don't want to keep everybody for longer than we have to, um, especially the two of you. Who, you know, I, I do want to say again, thank you so much for joining us and, and for your insights, your experience and knowledge and the holistic view of the modernization experience that the two of you bring is something that's that's incredibly valuable and unique. So thank you. Um, and, and of course, thanks for everyone who joined us today for, for sticking around and, and hearing us out. Hopefully um, you consider this time well spent as well. If you'd like to learn more about application modernization at Advanced, visit modernsystems.oneadvanced.com. And if you'd like to learn more about IBM Consulting, check out ibm.com slash consulting. Thanks again. Thank the two of you again. And until next time. Thank you. Thank you, Rob.